Okay, let's go ahead and get this second part. This will be part two of two of Inferno Justice. And again, it's just a warning. There is some subject matter and some content in here that is really, really, really meant for mature audiences only. Without further ado, let's go. Chapter 2. Every evil is a sickness of soul, but virtue offers the cause of its health. St. Basil. Scan, for fuck's sake, please tell me you have something to help me deal with this shit. I think perhaps you may have more knowledge on this than I do. You have a religious background? Yeah, sort of. Please elaborate. Okay, fine. My mom and dad were Bible-thumping idiots. My dad got caught fucking the babysitter and that didn't go very well with mom. Plus, fertile dad knocked the bitch up. It didn't help the family reputation when word got out that the model citizen had been fucking a 12-year-old. Talk about a fucking scarlet letter. People acted like my mom was the director egging my dad on for a money shot while he anal fucked her. I got my ass whooped by older kids, and it was so bad that mom divorced dad, moved us to some fucking hick town, and went as far as changing our last name from Williams to Black. But good old mom, her faith never wavered. Nope, she doubled down and made damn sure I knew the gospel. Hallelujah, amen. I guess things got really fucked up when I became a teenager and shit would be weird. I started imagining fucking my mom while killing her. Yeah, before you say anything, I know there's some kind of Freud shit there. I read it, heard it, don't give a shit about it. You wanted information and I'm giving you foundation. So mom's beating on me for something like burning something or killing a cat. I don't remember. I just know she would beat me often and hard. So she's hitting me and I'm seeing my blood. I get hard as I picture turning the table and hurting her, like she's hurting me. She sees the erection. She pauses and then she starts kissing me and putting my hands on her. Next thing I know we're fucking like rabbits. I'm blowing loads like I had never had. I'm crying and she's getting more off when she sees the shit is fucking with my head. The fucking cunt. She adds a sex into the punishment, and she insults me. She makes me punish her because of the simple way she's acting. She blames me for tempting her to sin. But I do what she tells me over and over and over. Then one day, I think I'm like 17, and there's this girl at school I liked named Susan. Susan was high. But even with Susan, I had fucked up fantasies. I mean, can you fucking blame me? My first kiss and my first fuck was from my mom. Fuck. Well, mom found out about Susan and she told me, I was never to be with another woman other than her. Because any seed that would come from me would be the Antichrist. She believed that by her fucking me, she was saving the world. Can you believe that shit? So she takes the belt and begins whipping me, and orders me to get hard. I knew it was time. It was time to really get the release, the nut I wanted had been building for years. I took the belt and I fucked her from the back. She was loving it, complete state of bliss. I then wrapped the fucking belt around her neck and pulled and pulled and I continued to fuck her. She tried fighting me, but I was strong then. I began thrusting and pulling and I'm sure she died. Before I came, but when I was done she slumped forward and I was free. You know the next thing I recalled seeing is my mother lay there dead with my cum dripping out of her. The fucking Bible. It was crazy man. It was open to 1 Timothy 1 15-16, and it read, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of these I am the foremost. But for that reason I was mercifully treated, so that in me, as the foremost, Christ Jesus might display all his patience as an example for those who will come to believe in him for everlasting life. I stared at that shit. I then went in the garage, got some gasoline, poured it all over her, grabbed that Bible and placed it gently on her breasts, then lit that shit on fire. As the flames did their job, I knew my life had changed. I tried to get Susan to run away with me, and when she declined, I raped her and bashed her head in with a rock. Then I left. But I know, you're going to want more specifics. And yes, you're right. I do understand what it is we're up against. For years after all that shit went down, I was convinced there was no God. No devil. No heaven. No hell. I mean, if there was a God how could he allow something like me to exist? But now. Shit, now I fucking know the truth. That thing back there. That mastema. That is a full-blown, honest-to-God fucking demon. Does the Bible offer tactical views on fighting demons? Something not written down? My research thus far has rights on exorcisms and things when there is suspected demonic possession, but there is nothing in regards to actually fighting something in the flesh. Shit man, the only thing that comes to mind is Ephesians 6 12 and it says, Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I remember that one, 
because I used to pray every fucking night for some of that armor when I would get beat so bad I could barely walk. But nope, no magic armor to save me. The Bible is full of shit, scan, ain't nothing in that motherfucker gonna save our ass. But when we get to the armory maybe we'll get something that'll help. The trauma you went through as a child contributed to your development and nurturing of your mental state, but you have a few anomalous qualities which are not usually associated with sociopaths and homicidal classifications. The conversation had taken an interesting turn. Scan would do that from time to time. Come at me from left field with something profound enough to stop me in my tracks. My stomach ached and I had a distinct feeling this was going to be one such conversation. What's that? Your treatment of Jessica. Borders on affection, perhaps even love? I laughed then. Hard. Oh, Scan. You're fucking awesome man. Jessica serves a purpose man. She's fucking amazing in bed, will do whatever I ask her to do, no matter what it is. She's challenging. Exciting. But. Love? Nah man. Not in the cards. I like her. I'm fond of her. She's my pet. But, I can always get another. Sorry, I disagree. Besides my artificial friend, you're basing your definition of love on books, stories, etc. I think love is like God. Made up shit to make you feel good about this bullshit we call life. You've just contradicted yourself, Corey. In what way? You stated love is like God and he doesn't exist, where you previously stated with the conflict at hand, Mistima proves God does exist, and if God exists then so does love. I took a deep breath and shrugged. You may be right, but I know one thing for truth. I would never ever want my daughter to be with someone like me. We rode on in silence for a while. I knew Scan was still researching and trying to find tactical plans. I was thinking about Jessica. Maybe there was something there. Or more probable was the fact I was scared and was hoping something like true love could help me see it through to the end. I shook my head suddenly when I realized that if serving Jessica up Skin with marshmallows would satisfy or distract Miss Emma long enough, I would do it. We were in the woods, and a single structure was before us. Massive concrete walls and pressure-sensitive landmines protected the perimeter. There were drones as well. I didn't need Scan to tell me what kind they were either. I already knew. Scan, call Ed to Dom and see how his mood is. I have sent the request. No response yet. The dash flashed once, and I knew it was Dom responding. Subfucker? He said as the screen projected the 3D hologram of Dominic Diaz. A well-muscled, gun-running, madman, who loved killing as much as I did. He was a cheap thrill-kill kind of guy. Line up 20 men at 100 yards just to dial in his rifle scopes. When I had suggested children since they were smaller as a better challenge, he would give me the look and just push the men out to 200 yards. I need some fucking help. Authorities? You bringing heat? No, I wish. This shit is nuts. Scan, did you manage to record video and audio? Yes. I'm gonna send you actual video. This is not doctored up. I waited as Scan sent the footage. A few seconds later I watched as Dom's eyes and face showed me his shock. Are you fucking shitting me with this? No. I need weapons. No, you need to get the fuck away from here, homeboy. You bringing the devil's hound to my house? Are you fucking crazy? No, I'm desperate. I need gear. Fine, Pudo. I'll send some shit to you. But you ain't coming in here. Not with that shit on you. What were you thinking, fucking with that evil book, man? Corey. The video didn't show anything about the book. How does he know about it? Whoa, Chief. How you know about the book? Dom shook his head, angry that he had caught himself up so sloppily. He's terrified. I can see his body language. Dom? Dude, so the dark web was a buzz about this guy who supposedly beat the book. Or a book. I'm hearing words there's like a dozen of these things floating around and being discovered. Anyways, you know that club Hellfire's pitch? I nodded. Yeah, place is popular. The owner of that place. He beat one of those things. Got paid too. Enough to rebuild his crew. Rebuild? Yeah, he had a fucking small army. I should know. I sold them all the weapons they had. They were pretty well organized too. The demon he took on looked like yours but had massive fucking horns on his head. I nodded. Okay, so what weapons worked well? Shotties. Big rifles. I think they used some fucking rockets too. It just slowed it down. He never really told me in the end what worked. All I know is, he was the last man standing. He won. He's not right in the head now. Super fucking religious. He's usually in one of two places. Hellfire's bitches or the damn church, man. If you want some shit, 
I'll send him near there with a beacon that scan will see. But you need to get the fuck out of here, man. I'm not even going to try to fuck with that shit. I started the car up and lifted up and hovered. Do you think hounds could fuck it up? Maybe. But then the hounds would be all over you too. Okay, man. What's the name of the owner? Think you could arrange a meet? Dude, you're asking big favors. And you'll be compensated heavily. Yeah. Yeah, I'd better be. The guy's name is Milo Popoff. Russian? Yeah, before. The crew now is mixed. Cool man, thanks. The hologram faded. How far are we from Hellfire's bitches? Halfway back toward the apartment. Also, in the apartment don't forget we have that modified 50 caliber rifle with the explosive rounds. Oh shit. You're right. We'll hit that after the club. And will we be bringing Jessica with us? I thought about it and nodded. Perhaps there was some use she could provide. Yeah. We rode in silence and for the first time in a long while I was speechless. No jokes. No random declarations of greatness about myself. No queries for Scan to find a good target for the next kill. Nothing. My heart beating slowly yet strongly. I was still very scared but had time to think. When we approached the club, I took a breath and nodded. Okay, Scan. Let's do this. Couple of things. Do we have hounds nearby? Yes. Actually, we have a lot. Maybe too many for us to leave the car and venture into the club. You are on a few wanted lists, and with the eye on your person. Recall our last run-in? I nodded. No one had data on the actual Raymond Pike, also known as Killer Ape. He had done most of his dirt through proxies and avatars. It was dog shit luck that I had stumbled onto his actual location. And with the aid of Scan, I had been able to take him out and then assume all of his operations. The only flaw he had was the fact he trusted no one, and he had used all contractors to do his work. So he had no one loyal to him. No standing army. No one. He didn't even have a regular girl. The rumor was, if you were hanging around the killer ape, you were a goner. There was a rumor. A very scary rumor, that the authorities had put a solid bounty out on Pike's head in the upper city, which was fine. There, I could roam about as Cory Black and rarely if ever used my necklace. On the lower city where life was a little more flexible, the standing order for any hound unit was, if it had acquired any DNA sources matching what they had in the system, the standing kill order was issued. I had come across a hound once while stalking a woman. I had to abort the kill and it was a close call. The hound had simply stopped walking, sniffed the air and paused, and then began to very meticulously search the area. Scan had managed to create enough noise and diversions to escape that one. A large group would almost be considered a death sentence if the rumors were indeed true. Where exactly are they? Are they patrolling? Actually, no they are not. There are twelve of them. Fucking twelve? Holy shit. Yes, and they are positioned three blocks exactly from the club. Really? Yes. I wonder. Yes. Maybe Milo ordered up some protection for himself? Do you know what that would cost? Millions. You think his demon breaded him out that heavily? What is money to a supernatural being? Good point. I felt safer and got out of the car and set it to high security mode. In this configuration, if someone came near the car it wouldn't warn them. If they came within two feet of the car it would actively defend itself with lethal force. A protective shield barrier would also be engaged, and the shielding was enough to stop most medium caliber arms. The last thing I wanted was to be on foot with the demon and all the hounds around. Okay, let's check out the club shall we? I could hear the music from across the street, and every so often I could hear a long drawn out bass note and could feel it in my chest. When I was outside the main entrance, a huge man looked at me expectantly. I held my hands up and he motioned with a device which chimed when he got to scan. He looked up at me when he realized what it was. You expected? He asked. I nodded. Yup, Corey Black. Here on behalf of Ka. Ka was what the street called Killer Ape, or Mr. Pike. Usually, I would act as the emissary of myself which worked out well. No one wanted to bring beef with Ka and I usually felt pretty safe handling my business in this manner. One second, he pressed his headset and nodded. Mr. Popoff will see you. Follow Eminem. Eminem? Almost on cue, a small man walked out of the club and stared at me. He was a dwarf and had a brilliant gold jacket on with two large MS on each side of the jacket. Yeah, motherfucker. Mighty Midget is here. Come on. He motioned for me to follow him and I did. Mighty Midget is severely augmented. He has military hardware all through him. His arms, legs, skeletal structure in his eyes. Ah, I see. 
We passed through several doors, and as we did, the music got louder and louder. Also, Eminem was glowing brightly as we entered the darkness of the club. My normal eye took a second to adjust. The cybernetic one was crystal clear as we walked, and I was amazed as I examined the area. Eminem's skin was secreting something in his sweat that responded to the ultraviolet lights, and that's how he was glowing so brightly. There were three levels to the club, and each were alive and pulsing with people gyrating and moving to the pulsing beat. The DJ was working the crowd well and it was obvious that they were having the time of their lives. Eminem took us to the back of the room and a pair of double doors opened. I saw five large men guarding it as we passed. They are all augmented. Heavily. He's got a lot of muscle here. When the doors closed behind us it blocked the noise better than anything I had seen up to that point. Mr. Popoff likes the noise to be contained mostly out there. I can see that. We followed and as we passed through another set of doors, there was no trace of the pounding club behind us. Replacing the neon paradise of the club was an older aesthetic. Crosses. Hundreds of them covered every inch of the wall as we entered the receiving hall of Popoff. Several large wooden tables filled the room, and on them were books that varied in appearance and seemed to be ancient, but some reminded me of the Necronomicon. None are radiating the energy that your book did. I nodded and sighed softly and relaxed. There were cabinets with archaic devices and relics which I couldn't begin to figure out their purpose. A man rose up and nodded towards me with raw anger and rage plastered across his face, and the look in his eyes bordered on madness. You are the fool who has unleashed another of the demons onto the world. I should kill you where you stand. I paused. This was not the reception I was hoping for. The rage in his eyes softened as he stood though, and he shook his head slowly and took a long measured breath. But then that would make me a hypocrite, because I too had to complete the ritual to bring one forth before. I was also tempted. I allowed my shoulders to relax and took a neutral posture and kept an eye on him and him. Good. I sensed his arms tightening and also saw his focus fixate firmly on you when Popoff was yelling. He is standing down now, but he is the most dangerous in the room that is near enough to you to cause harm. Okay. I have some protection around us. I had this area consecrated and blessed, unlike the areas that we tainted with the sacrifice of the Holy Ones. This area is hallowed ground. I looked at him and noted he stood about five foot even. Slight build. Simple clothing with the exception of the most garish, gaudy, jewel-encrusted, massive crucifix that hung around his neck. He saw me staring at it. This is my prized possession. I had it custom-made. Inside the main shaft of the bottom of it is holy water blessed by the Pope himself. In the crossbar I have segments with salt, blessed by not only the Pope, but also it was prayed over by the holy bishops as well. And when the crucifix was fully constructed, we commissioned a special Saint Benedict medallion added on the back. See? He flipped the massive cross over and I saw a coin inlaid as he had pointed out with pride. And finally, after it was made to my specifications, it spent a month traveling through the Vatican and being prayed upon and blessed. It is the most sacred item made by modern man. I nodded and waited for a moment to interject. I don't mean to be hasty. I have a demon on my tail. Rumor has it, you defeated one. No. I did not. I was defeated. I was beaten. The thing played with me. But then a miracle happened. What? Your men showed up at the right time as you stalled it? No, I was saved by Jesus Christ. Wait, you saw Jesus Christ? For a brief moment, my heart skipped a beat. If he had seen Jesus. No, I was saved. The disappointment weighed heavily. I wasn't sure if it was of the off chance that Jesus existed and could be the ticket out of the shit show, or if the fact that Jesus existed and thereby made the stories of the Bible true. I see the way you look at the crosses in this one. He again held it up and showed me it, pride and reverence in his eyes. Yes, I was admiring your collection, but I'm confused. How does Jesus save you? You've lost your faith? Never really had it. You could say what little I had was forced on me. That's too bad. I was raised up with a priest as a father. Ah, you see. I made a joke. My father was a father. You see? I nodded. So I have always been surrounded by the kingdom of God. No offense, but word is, you had a pretty dangerous crew and ran things. Not quite the work of God, eh? No, you are correct. I was engaged in human trafficking, drug distribution, murder and more. But, everything changed when I humbled myself and begged Jesus Christ to save me. Bullshit. Don't fuck with me man. I need real solutions to this shit. Not some mumbo jumbo bible thumping crap. Popoff smiled. My friend, if it were indeed bullshit, would not be here today. I thought about it a moment and then shrugged. Fuck. Has the demon caught you yet? I shook my head.
No, he gave me an hour to start running I guess. Ah, yours likes to play. Mine was more brutal, he told me to run and counted down from 100. Fuck. Yes. I called my men and he destroyed every last one of them. There were times I thought I had the upper hand. It was not the case. He caught me, marked me, released me and then continued. Each time was worse. Finally, I was prepared to give up but then the fear of losing my eternal soul burned in my heart. I did not allow that to happen. So, I begged and prayed and the miracle happened. That's simple, huh? You can try to fight. How much time do you have? You have two and a half hours until sunrise. Two and a half hours. You have much better odds than I did. If you like we can pray together. Maybe I can help you find your way again? The car defenses have just triggered. My car just triggered, I said with alarm noticeable in my voice. Now it is offline. What? How is that possible? Do you sense the car still? Yes, it is where we left it. I'm confused. Pop-off motion and several men came from areas I hadn't seen. I was unaware they were there. I faintly detected them but felt they were not a risk. Pop-off examined a bay of monitors and shook his head. The demon is indeed here. How do you know? He motioned to the screen and I stepped forward and looked and saw the car had been completely dismantled and all the nuts, bolts, pieces and more, were neatly arranged on the street. There was a message written in oil on the ground. It read, Little pig, little pig, let me in. Oh, shit. How is that possible? The alert was only off for a couple of seconds. There's no way someone could have dismantled it so neatly. My mind was reeling. There was no way it was possible. We deal with principalities, things which are not of this world. They can do things which we would call miracles if done by someone else. Damn it. I needed that ride. I have things in Upper City. Vitally important things. I have a vehicle. It's yours but first, you must promise me one thing. What? You must promise to at least consider your faith. Consider your soul. Fight for it. Because there is no escape without Jesus. I know this much is truth. Do you promise? I nodded. Put out your arm so I can encode my imprint on your scan unit. I did as I was told, and then I heard the screens as Popoff rolled his wrist across scan and there was a chime. I will see if the consecration of the club holds. He pressed a button at the base of the table, and suddenly I felt scan activate quickly in my mind an alert I hadn't felt before. Hounds incoming. You called the hounds? I asked, terror filling me more than my encounters with the demon. To be on the safe side. Yes. Fuck. I was overwhelmed. Twelve hounds inbound and a pissed off demon hellbent on catching me. No ride. I felt like a trapped rat. Do not be afraid. Have faith. Eminem will guide you through the tunnels. The hounds will be occupied with a more worthy prey than you tonight. Have faith. Leave now. Hounds here in twenty seconds. Faith? Fuck. I quickly followed Eminem and we bolted into one of the hidden passageways and he was moving fast. It was obvious his enhancements were allowing him better movement speed and agility than I had. We started moving around a corner, and then another, and then I heard the first explosion and the ground shook. The fuck? Eminem said. One of the hounds is detonated. One of the hounds just blew itself up. Fuck. They can do that? Asked Eminem. I guess so. If something is tougher than them. He grinned. Well shit, then if one did that and there's eleven more. That much firepower should be good then, right? Corey. Run. I sense the energy of the demon nearby. Above us. Come on Eminem, the fucker is above us. He's in the damn club. Shit. Go, go, go. He bolted faster than before, and I guess fear was pushing his augments harder than they had ever worked. We continued and again there were the sounds of chaos. We could hear distant gunfire. And then another explosion shook the area and then another massive one which caused the area behind us to collapse. The lights went out and my augmented eye kicked in and I saw Eminem glowing, staring past me at the collapse. Damn it. I hope Popoff is alright. Let's keep moving. I ran past him and he quickly turned and caught up with me. How much further to the car? About 200 yards straight ahead and then up the ladder. I nodded and pushed on. There was some shifting behind us where the collapse had happened, then it was silent. We got to the ladder and began climbing up. At the top was a security grate. Eminem motioned near it with his arm and it swung upwards and opened, allowing us to climb out. There were rows and rows of cars in a neat, brightly lit, small garage. Can you sense any hounds? No. There are none left. 
Seriously? All 12 detonated? Yes, the destruction has created a level 5 event which has military, as well as authorities, converging to the area. Damn, man. That shit was crazy. You think Popoff made it? I shrugged. I don't know. That's a lot of damage back there. Is the damage so extensive we can't get our gear drop? I have the beacon but it's faint. It appears to be intact. We might still have access. Dude, you need us to drop you somewhere? Are you good? I asked as I examined him and him. He was anxious and he thought for a moment. I'm good, man. I think I can. Suddenly he made a shocked face and pain filled his expression. Corey. Eminem's body flew and slammed into the firewall. His head exploded into a bloody mess as the collision at the speed he was moving made impact with a hardened steel. Then his limp body flew to the ceiling and slammed hard there and blood rained down, hot and sticky. Fuck. It's. The body then ripped into four parts and plopped to the floor with sickening butts. Here. I turned and the demon stood there with his horrible smile. There were wounds which littered his body. Black tar like liquid dripped from some of them and he was in bad shape, but still alive and very capable. With a speed which I never could get used to, I was backhanded and flew across the floor and slammed into one of the cars. Mastema raised a hand and an invisible force grabbed me, and slowly I slid forward then floated up in front of the demon who looked very, very pissed. That was an interesting decision, going to pop off. I was unaware a human had escaped us. He was a smart man. Was? Yes. Mastema motioned and the ornate golden crucifix floated up, then he motioned again, and the chain hung around my neck and gently rested against my chest. I could feel the still warm moisture on the gold and knew it to be blood. But it's blessed. How can you touch it? Be near it? Cory, you think because I am a demon, I am hurt by the symbol of Christ? The holy water? The blessed salt? You jest. Yes, that is indeed a powerful holy artifact. One of the most beautiful I have ever laid eyes on. But you and Popoff fail to realize one thing. We demons follow rules. We do what we are allowed to do. Whom do you think allows it? Hmm? Popoff beat the demon, and you're allowed to kill him? Normally, no. But I am allowed to defend myself. And he attacked me. The hounds? Yes, those mechanical dogs. That was painful. I nodded. Yeah, the hounds fucking suck. So what now? You caught me. Yes. Corey, this is number one. Mastema stabbed a finger into my chest, just enough to break the skin and trace to one there. There was searing pain but I noted the blood stopped and the skin healed and scarred up quickly. The scar was raised up and seemed to throb and move slightly, as if something was there just below the skin. Mastema turned and took a step. I really hope you make this more interesting. I am beginning to become bored. Please don't disappoint me. Whatever was holding me up let go and I fell. I landed hard, groaned, and rolled over and looked up and the demon had vanished. To my left was a large piece of M&M's face and the single dead eye stared at me with surprise and pain still visible, almost asking me why. Chapter 3 How does one kill fear, I wonder? How do you shoot a specter through the heart, slash off its spectral head, take it by its spectral throat? Joseph Conrad Lord Jim. I stared and groaned in pain. My body felt like it was on fire and my chest ached. My heart felt like it was beating and trying its best to escape from my chest as it knew I was pretty much fucked. I knew we needed to get the fuck out of the garage. I found a car that Popoff had set up for me easy enough. It was almost solid gold, and inside of it hung crosses and many smaller crucifixes. Scan, is he here still? Difficult to tell. Something happened when he cut into you. There's part of him in you now. It is making it very hard to scan beyond you. Are you fucking serious? Deathly. Good choice of words. We should leave. Gather the gear, and then get the gear and storage stash from the apartment. I was thinking the same thing. Think that rifle will put a dent in him. The hounds hurt him. I don't know if the rifle will do enough. The hounds, when they detonate, was the equivalent of two tons of TNT. Enough explosive power to level a standard reinforced structure. I would have thought 12 would have taken him out, or caused enough damage to give us a chance. I just don't have enough data. So what? Run? Yes. I hit the accelerator and we were in the air and nothing flat. Keep an eye out in case he's out there flying around. I will but the readings are fluctuating. Sometimes it seems he is near and then it fades. Fucking great. We followed the beacon for the gear and when we arrived at the location it had been covered in wreckage. Can we get to it? I'm afraid not. Best to get the rifle from the apartment. 
I cursed and turned the car and drove as fast as it could and arrived at my hover pad. At first it was rejecting the code scan and was sending it, but then a few moments later the pad opened up and received us. What the fuck? Scan? Unknown. It was like the system was faulty. It was showing you were here and then not here. We'll need to gather the equipment and as a precaution set the building on lockdown. I nodded. One of the benefits of being Mr. Pike was his spot was pretty tricked out. He was beyond paranoid so the security precautions he had at the crib was next to none. Military grade, and strong enough to withstand a siege if need be with the authorities up to solid ground troop military. Obviously, the fighters in the sky tanks would have no issue taking the building down, but it wouldn't come to that. The building was one of the central prestigious towers in the upper city, and many influential and powerful people lived there as well. I walked in and considered a quick shower and noted Jessica was up and had a towel wrapped around her. I was surprised to see her awake. It is close to 4 a.m. She seems to be alert and responsive. Something must have roused her. Hey sexy. Thought you'd still be stacking Z's. You fucking passed out on me before we can do another round. She nodded. Yeah, my fucking head is pounding. I got woke up to some loud explosions and something pounded on the wall outside there. She pointed to the main living room window. I went to check it out and saw a small bit of debris had lodged itself into the support beam there. It was a piece of the signage from Hellfire's bitches. It is possible, though highly unlikely that the blast could have lodged that there. Do you think maybe he's been here? It is possible. Hey, babe, we're gonna get our shit together and we're gonna take a trip, okay? So get dressed up and let's bounce. No, I have shit to do tomorrow. You know I have the lunch date with the Stevenson. I've been working on getting them to fund your project and you want me to just flake on them. Yeah, fuck the Stevenson. We have a serious issue. Her eyes widened. You scared of something? What? I was gathering clothing and tossing it on the chairs in front of the bed. Oh, my, fucking, god. The great and powerful Mr. Pike is afraid? I gotta tell you, that shit is hot. Excuse me? That the badass who likes to whip my ass is kinda a little bitch? What has your little puppy tail wrapped around your balls? Authorities? Military? Fuck off. Get dressed. Maybe. I paused and looked at her, fighting the urge to punch her in the face. Maybe? Bitch. If you ain't ready in five fucking minutes, I'm leaving you. No. You will do what I say, you scared little bitch. She dropped the towel and laid on the bed and revealed herself to me. Seriously, we don't have time for this. Fuck me. We really don't have time for that. Cause your impotent little cock is too scared? She slid a finger into her pussy and I could see she was soaked. She was turned on by my fear. You fucking whore. We don't have time for this. Fine, leave me then. I'll get off all night picturing you running like a scared little bitch. Where's the fucking savage? I don't give a fuck asshole. Who can fuck me like no one can? I was enraged. She was pushing all the right buttons and I wanted. No, I needed to punish her. Bitch, you are playing with fire. Then burn me. Bitch. She had slid three fingers in and was working herself into a frenzy. She rolled over and propped her ass in the air. Come and take it, if you can handle it. I was overwhelmed with an anger I hadn't experienced in a long time. Corey, may I remind you? Shut the fuck up. I tore my pants off and my cock was engorged and ready to punish her. I marched over, grabbed her hip, and started ramming myself deep into her. She moaned in agreement and pushed back against me. I slammed her down hard and repositioned myself. You asked for the shit, bitch. Punish me, daddy. I rammed my cock into her tight ass and she screamed out in a mixture of pain and joy. Is that all you have? She mocked. Fuck you. I rammed over and over and it became a savage session of thrusting and grunting until I exploded and she matched my energy and I collapsed on top of her, gasping for air. Fine. You win, she said softly. We can go anywhere you want. I won't fuck with you anymore. You proved you are my king. She rolled her smooth body and I lifted off of her. There was a slight trickle of blood and semen on the bed. Normally, the fact it would be a stain would have bothered me. Right now I didn't give a shit. I quickly threw my clothes on and continued packing when I heard the sound of running water from the bathroom. Bitch. Did you leave the water running? I don't think so. I flashed her a deathly warning. Seriously. I mean, I might have. My head was killing me. I shook my head. Keep packing your shit. I walked to the bathroom and as I got closer scan chimed. Again, odd readings. I'm not sure we should enter the bathroom. Something is off there. What are you going on about? Bitch left the fucking water running is all. 
I opened the door and the shower was open. And there was no water running, but there was dripping. I saw Jessica vivisected with the shower head protruding from her mouth. Her chest was torn open and her rib cage protruded out, and her breasts had been either torn off or bitten off as jagged flesh ruined her normally picture-perfect form. Organs were piled on the shower floor and there was a steady stream of blood that trickled down and splattered on them. In horror, I backpedaled and spun and faced the bedroom in time to see the Jessica, who I had just asked raped and fucked, transform into a scaled slimy version of her. Oh, don't be like that. For what it was worth, you were amazing. I fought the vomit which fought to be released, and in horror, saw Mastima close the distance from the bed to the bathroom. He was before me in an instant and I felt the invisible force take hold of me again and I was floating again. Mastima was still in a slightly modified Jessica form and I looked down and a thorny slimy penis extruded from his lower torso. My turn, lover boy. I wanted to scream out but nothing worked. I couldn't move and I couldn't scream. Oh, I'll allow you to scream. I want to hear the lovely symphony that I'm going to create. This is but a small sampling of what awaits you in hell. He motioned and I flew towards the bed and my body landed hard. I felt my clothes fly off of my body and he laughed loudly. Ah, your cock understands it will not be required for the next act, let's see your ass. And I was flipped over. Scan. Is there anything you can do? I can initiate the home intruder protocol. But if I do there's a good chance you will be targeted as well. You are not showing DNA of yourself. The apartment will not be able to. Do it. He's gonna fuck me. Please. 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 Executing command. I felt the weight of Mastima and something slithered and prodded, toying with me as I clinched with everything to prevent the violation. Yes. Fight it. It will not matter. This is the second time I have caught you and I will have some of my fleshly rewards now. The searing pain began to tear into my ass as well as my back. He was cutting me again as he began to violate me. I heard the whine of machinery in a loud tone. He paused and grunted. What have you done now? Mr. Black? A laser blast tore through his shoulder as he had prepared for a full thrust into me. I felt the invisible energy release me as he screamed out in pain. I rolled out from under him and fell out of the bed as a laser hit where I had been a moment earlier. Scan, can you control the shooting? Working on it. I can create a delay which will allow you half a second before they can target you. But it's even harder to discern you from the stima. Especially since your body shapes are so close in size now. Fuck. I ran and dove towards my study and Mastima swiped at me as a laser tore through his arm. Something slammed my leg and I saw it was his arm which had just been blown off. He bellowed a scream which tore deep into my soul and caused my fear to grow exponentially. I got into my study and retrieved the rifle. Scan, I'm in my study. Focus on his ass out there while I get some fucking pants on and try to get out of here. I am. Your bag is in the living room as you exit. You'll need the IDs and credits there if you plan on extended time away. I just want out of here. I heard more firing and screams of pain. I then heard a loud crash and the sound of large wings flapping away. Shit. Is it gone? It appears he fled. I would hurry. I nodded. I grabbed a fresh pair of pants, jumped in them faster than I had ever done in my life, and had the rifle in the ready and grabbed the bag. For a brief moment I looked at the mangled corpse of Jessica. Fuck. I ran to the car and jumped in and my ass cried out in pain. Ow. There is a piece of him in there still. Are you fucking serious? Yes. It isn't moving, but it is lodged in there. You will require medical aid to remove it, I fear. I nodded. I gunned the engine and we shot out of the garage like a lightning bolt. I could feel every bump, and with each, I winced in pain. Shit, if I managed to make it out of this, I would be happy to do a live fucking internet stream letting the world see it being torn out of me. By the way, ideas? If he catches you one more time then you are doomed. Yeah, I know that. Perhaps the best defense is an active offense. Listening. The lasers worked better than anything else we've seen so far. Military-grade laser pulse rifles. There is a base nearby, so you're suggesting I rush the military base and hope they can take his ass out? Yes. I nodded and switched directions of the car and pushed it as hard as I could. Oh, my. What? Look behind you. I glanced in the mirrors and saw him gaining quickly. It'll be close. Be gauging his speed in hours, we'll beat him to the base by at least one second. I had my foot so hard on the pedal that my ass screamed out in pain. My thighs began burning too. Ow. Scan. He's doing something to me. Yes, I sense it. I've taken control of the vehicle. He seems able to do things to you now. It matters not. I have also put the vehicle on autopilot, 
and will be there in 30 seconds. Vehicle RJ-37, you are entering restricted airspace. Turn your vehicle around or we will open fire. Listen, you dumb fuck. I got a fucking monster on my ass, literally, coming in hot. You should be able to see it as well as my fucking car. If this is A, holy mother of God, what the fuck is that? The fear in the man's voice was familiar to me. Fucking shoot the fucking thing. I screamed as we neared the base. The sky lit up and red angry streaks filled the air. The firing mechanism was on point and not a single blast came near me. I watched in horror as I saw Mr. Simon dodging the vast majority of the blasts and then he flung something towards me, and the car was impaled with deep bony spikes which tore through the metal and into my body. The car went down fast, and we crashed and slid into concrete barriers. The door flung open and the car ejected my body as a harsh explosion filled the air. I was momentarily airborne and felt like I was flying. I landed hard and heard a sickening thud and a scream. I realized it was my scream. I looked down and the bone spikes were still on my thigh and ribs. It was hard to breathe. I stared up and saw more crimson blasts. I saw a shadow swoop past me and heard the screams of men and I cried. We have run out of time. There is no way to avoid the inevitable now. I nodded and sobbed, looking down on my thigh. Attached to a spike was one of the many crucifixes that had been hanging in the car. When it had jettisoned me, the spike must have snagged one. I thought back to Popoff as darkness was trying to take me. I knew if I passed out, the next thing I would see or experience would make the event in the apartment pale in comparison. I felt the weight of the large necklace which Mistima had put on me as a joke. The weight was there and I felt something with it. I lifted the crucifix and was mesmerized by it. I squeezed my hand around the small crucifix and held the larger one up in front of me as a shield. The screams began to die down and there was no more cannon fire. I heard the sound of the heavy wings and then a heavy landing. I will give you this, Corey Black. You entertain me if nothing else. And for that I am grateful. But the game has come to an end. Heavenly Father, I know I am a sinner. Oh, this is grand. Yes. Beg him for forgiveness. Mistima stared at the large cross in my hands and noted my hands tremble greatly as the adrenaline coursed through my veins as my heart pounded to keep me going. And I ask for your forgiveness. I coughed up blood and the area was darkening quickly. Oh, Mr. Black, you had better hurry with your prayers. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. Corey, something is happening. Do not stop. I believe he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. A beam of light illuminated me and as I spoke, I saw Mistima reach out and was going to do something, when a black tendril of smoke snaked out from the ground and snagged his arms. He bellowed in rage. No. I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as lord. The large cross in my right hand began to glow, and the smaller one in my left filled me with energy and a warmth passed through my body. Impossible. Why would you spare this trash? Heavenly Father, no. He is not worthy. As I was not. Now Mastima was screaming and tears streamed down his face, and they were as tears of acid. The flesh burned as he wept. From this day forward, guide my life and help me to do your will. The ground began to shake and he was another earthquake shook the area, and the security wall began to crack and crumble. The ground moaned and a great sinkhole appeared. Suddenly hands shot out of the hole and began tearing at Mastima. I will tear your soul apart, Black. I will tear you. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mastima screamed a horrid final scream, and then the ground exploded, and darkness overtook me as I watched him being torn apart. Chapter 4 You're always you, and that don't change and you're always changing, and there's nothing you can do about it. Neil Gaiman Corey, how do you feel? I feel good, Scan. I feel good. It had taken me close to three months to recover from the incident. The authorities had swept the entire sequence of events neatly under the rug and blamed the destruction and carnage on a Muslim extremist group known as the Jihadist. When I had been gathered up, Scan had hacked the diagnostic equipment and made sure that no one figured out that I was acting as Mr. Pike. The wounds and injuries I had were intense and severe. I had several compound fractures, concussion, chipped bones in my spine, and the ocular cavity had been smashed. My cybernetic eye had to be replaced, and then there were the barbs in my thighs and ribs. And the other thing that was in my ass. I used the opportunity to spend a lot of Mr. Pike's money on upgrades. Then it was a solid three months of rehab. Each day I read from the good book. I made sure to memorize every line. Are you sure you're up to it? I nodded. Yes. I need to spread the word. I smiled and put on the clothing. Black, from top to bottom, with a small sliver of white. The clerical collar was pure, clean and rigid. The Bible in my left hand was worn and heavily red. I put on my top hat and walked outside. 
The sky was clear and the sun was setting. It had been beautiful and the night was going to be spectacular. The car is ready. I walked to my car and it was jet black and sleek with silver accents. It hummed with power. Where to, Mr. Pike? Asked the car. I think the park. Lower city? Yes. The word needs to be spread far and wide, and they are needing it more than those in the upper city. The ride was smooth, and I thought of the morning meditations and focused on the task at hand. This could be tactically dangerous. Don't be silly. The time has come. If you insist. Scan had been nervous about the demon's last words and had suggested to me as I recovered that I leave the city and start new somewhere else. I got out of the car and began walking and reflected on the many times I have committed my crimes on the innocent. The violence. The pain. The suffering. I was interrupted by the sound of running feet. I spun, alarmed, and a man was standing there with a pistol. Give me your credits, fucker. He demanded. I smiled at him. My son. There is no need. He shot a single blast which hit me center chest and I fell back a few feet and lay there gasping. He walked up and leaned over me. Fucking priests. Always talking. Gurk. I slammed my new hands deep into his throat and blood shot out. His eyes were wide with surprise. I flung him away from me and stood. I glanced down to where he had shot me and I shook my head. He lay there bleeding and I retrieved my hat and my Bible. Well, at least we know the augments worked. I nodded. My heart was beating slow and steady. Heart is optimum as well. Good. I nodded and ventured deeper into the park. The auto lights kicked in and the park was dimly lit, which some would consider it scary or spooky. To me, it was comforting and familiar. I heard the sound of moaning and realized someone has engaged in carnal delights. I followed the sounds off the beaten path and found a man and woman passionately making love. Now that is a beautiful thing, I said, startling them. The man rolled off and had a knife out. What the fuck, man? Oh shit. Father. I didn't know. Are you okay? Even in the dim light, he could see the blood on me. Yes, my son. I was attacked back there. I motioned back where I had come from. Shit, you need us to call someone? The woman was covering herself and putting her clothes on. No, no, no. I think we'll be fine here. How old are you, young lady? She looked embarrassed. Fourteen. Tsk, tsk, tsk. And you, my young man? He looked even more guilty. Hey man, it's not like that. Like what? She's my lady, man. Love don't have a number. I understand. I do my son. I once fell victim to the sins of the flesh. Her young tight form. Succulent breast. Warm moist thighs. Yeah? Oh, yes. The temptations are great. I have to know though. Yes, father? Is her pussy nice and tight? What? I hit him hard in the throat with the Bible and he gagged and coughed. His blade fell to the ground. I slammed the Bible into his face and the reinforced titanium bands I had placed within it did its job splendidly, crushing his skull from the front. The girl was dazed with the display of violence so intense and quick. Her brain fought to process what she was seeing. Hounds near? No, Corey, we're clear. I retrieved the blade and showed it to the girl. She had managed to cover her top but not her bottom. I dropped my pants and revealed my other blade to her, and she began to sob. Now, now. The blessing will be glorious and you will scream hallelujah when I put my seed in you. Do you understand? She shook her head. When I fucking come in you, you had better scream out hallelujah or I will slit your fucking throat. Got it? She began crying and nodded that she understood. I pushed her back and spread her legs. She tried to close them so I cut her thigh and she screamed out, then did I instructed. I glanced down and saw she was just entering womanhood and knew she would be nice and tight. I mounted her and began to thrust. At the moment of penetration, there was a brilliant flash of light followed by five others and I watched the girl's eyes bulge out in terror, and could almost see the reflection of them in her eyes. Instantly I spun and rolled to the side and stood. Mistima and five other demons had me surrounded. I threw the Bible and Mistima dodged, but one of the other demons took the hit squarely in the face and it was knocked back. The augments in my arms had increased my physical strength immensely. I felt something slam me from the back and I flew forward, and one of the other demons batted me forward again and I fell before Mistima who stared at me with burning eyes. I lifted Popoff's golden cross and began to scream out, heavenly, gack, and then I heard a sickening, snap. I couldn't speak. I looked down at Mistima's hand and was shocked at what I saw. He had torn the bottom part of my jaw off. Brilliance flashed brightly and pain filled my head. Scan? I am sorry, 
quarry, but there is nothing more I can do. I stared at Miss Dimma who smiled at me and chuckled. Good game indeed, Quarry Black. Good game. There was no way I would lose you again. You and I, and them, he motioned towards the other demons. We have eternity to learn new and inventive ways to hurt you. The world began to fade, and I saw the girl and she made a contact with me, and then smiled a vengeful smile. Her mind still reeled from the assault and the pain, but she was witnessing something very few who had been victimized were able to see. Justice, infernal justice. At her feet was Popoff's crucifix and she reached for it and then clutched onto as if her soul depended on it. Scan? 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 I realized I was alone, and as Mistima carried me off, there was a part of me that always knew that I had been doomed since birth. Hell was always inevitable for me. I wondered as the world went dark around me, and I could feel the distinct sensation of pain raising through every cell in my body, if I would see my mother again. And, if so, what would she have to say? After all, to me, she was the fucking devil and I knew I was going home. Okay, that's it. That's the end of Inferno Justice. I hope you guys really enjoyed that story. I have a little prayer I'll put at the end of this outro. That way um, you guys have some stuff just in case you need <laughs> a prayer or something to kind of cleanse you after all of that dark shit. But uh, yeah, if you liked it, make sure you share it. Let people know. And uh, I'm just trying to get content out so people see what I do. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. If you face the darkness. Sancte Michael Archangel, defend nos in pro leo, conjure nequidium et insidious diaboli esto presidium. Imperatili deus, supplice deprecamor, chuc, princeps militia caelestis, satanum alias spiritus malignos, quia perditionem animarum pervigantur in mundo, divina virtude, and infernum detrude. Amen. Heavenly Father. I know I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as Lord, from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.